0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Stanford podcast. I hope everybody is well. As ever, I am joined by Lucy and Molly. How are we both doing?
1: Hello,
2: yeah, Hi. thank you. Good, thank you very much, yes.
0: Uh, any
1: interesting activities in the last,
0: well it's been two weeks, we've, we've missed a week last week.
1: Yeah, we had, a, had two weeks off, didn't... well we had a week off. Um, I have been just busy, keeping busy in the sun, a few bike rides, sorting out the garden, and then actually a lot of Netflix as well, I've, I've just rediscovered, just binge watching TV Um, I heard Ricky Gervais on Radio One the other day talking about his show Afterlife, which I hadn't watched and I decided that because there was a new series coming up on the Friday that on the Thursday I would give it a go. Watched the entire season one in, well, the three hours that it took, um, was a bit of a mess, lots of tears, lots of laughs, and then watched the whole second season on the Friday, the same thing again. Lots of crying, lots of laughing, highly recommended lockdown watching and that's like <laughs> if it. anyone wants to equally laugh and cry oh yeah watch, watch it It, it, so really, it was maybe. amazing it's a really good show I don't know if any of you watched it but it's it's a bit of a emotional journey um, but really good really worth a watch
2: yeah I've watched I finished watching the second series last night but it was more I thought I thought the first one was funnier and mm-hmm. the second one was more crying yeah the, the second thing one is because it's Ricky Gervais you expect it to be funny but it's mm-hmm. actually all quite Deep and meaningful and heartfelt. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It might not be what people are expecting, though. Mm.
0: And this week we are joined by someone who looks like they're currently waving their wine glass for a top up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was getting away with that. Was that on uh, on camera? Uh, (laughs) There's no hiding on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, well done. Yeah,
0: very amusing. So yeah, we are joined by Nick Grove. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, oh, not at all. I um, hope you get your wine. <laughs> very, yeah, very she's just pointing to
3: the bottle. <laughs> hint, hint, red hint, one. Bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straw or glass? Oh, whatever. <laughs> However it comes.
0: Um, how are you doing? How are you coping with
3: um the new world? Uh, well, I think we're doing okay. It's just the ground keeps moving, doesn't it? So you kind of, you don't know, it's the uncertainty. But uncertainty is something we're probably all a bit used to after three or four years of the B thing the brexit thing so um yeah we're adjusting we are we've got two children so we're schooling during the week as well so that's new but um i think we're settling into it you know the weather's helped certainly but um i'm very lucky in that i've got my studio here at home so i've been trying to paint my way through it at certain stages Going and hide out that's your excuse absolutely okay. yeah. <laughs>
2: Where is this studio? Is it, at the, is it at the bottom of the garden in some kind of
3: I wish cave shape? I wish. No, it's in my garage. With the, I've got one of those garages which isn't big enough for a car, so I've got my studio in there. <laughs> and, who, you built know,
2: a, who built
0: Who built Houses a these car. days
3: they're not big. They're, the garages aren't big enough for cars. Honestly.
2: What have you got? A Hummer or something?
3: <laughs> well, I've got a camper van, and that I can't get that to fit in anything. Uh,
1: is it a yellow camper van?
3: It's yellow and white. Yeah, I saw your camper Uma. van the
1: day on my bike ride. That's pretty weird. Now I know where you live. I didn't know that before, but
3: yeah. now I do. Yeah. No. It's if anyone wants to find out camp where camp I live, van. I just just say you know yeah, just look for the yellow and white camper van.
2: Has it has it featured in some of your paintings? Because I've looked at your website and I saw a yellow and white camper van there.
3: I did do one the other day. Yeah. So uh, I did a portrait of Uma. Um, that was in Norfolk at Burnham Overy Stath I think
1: yes yeah I painted is. her a few times yeah. we might need it's to set her th- up for a photo in Stamford actually I think I like to have some quirky cars on the uh, Instagram page so if you could just park, park it strategically somewhere so I okay. can take a shot in the future that would be great
3: <laughs> she, she's the sunshine bus she, she brings a lot of joy to people including me I love driving it and the perfect <laughs> vehicle to um, head to the coast with your paints in as well
1: Definitely.
0: Well, stop you me taking and- a photo of the same car, Molly. I think every time I see if there's the same <laughs> car that's parked <laughs> up, just walking it. Well, it's the
1: it, same probably. car in a different colour every time. I have a, a soft spot for the Nissan Figaro, and you can't not take a photo of one when they go past. They just make it look so cute and idyllic. So. Um,
0: oh, no, I thought it was literally the same car. I didn't realise there was more than one.
1: No, there are a couple that go around Stamford, and there's, there's two in Oakham as well, so... I've, I've had all of them. There's a pink one, there's a blue one, and then a grey one, and the green one is around a lot. I reckon they frequent the pub quite often because I always tend to catch it outside a pub. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> Are you naming and shaming the owner of a yeah, car? Wow. Though really- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Just about.
2: laughs> so everyone knows now. <laughs> So Nick, for those of
0: people that, that don't know, they may know the name, they may know more. Um, you are a, How would you describe yourself?
3: Um, I would say I'm a painter. So I'm, I'm an artist, but I, my medium is oil paint. Absolutely love the stuff. And um, majority of my painting is, is what you call air painting. So actually going out and working um, with the landscapes, you know, directly. So um, representationally capturing landscapes, cityscapes, um, the light, really. I'm just painting, trying to paint light, trying to capture the light in all its different kind of forms. And uh, yeah, I do a fair bit of studio work, or certainly have been doing recently um, as well, uh, portraits as well. So a mixed bag, really. Uh, so some people may have seen you about Stamford and Oakham and various villages, um... Yeah, anyway. well, I've, I've, been in, uh, I've been living in Stamford since August last year. So I have been painting out about in Stamford lots. And uh, I generally find it very inspiring, actually. I think it's the Georgian architecture and all the, all the um, facades and the huge chimneys and the, the shadows that you get across the road and everything, and all that stonework. Uh, I generally find it um, an inspiring place to paint. So, you know, I try and get out as much as possible in all weathers and um, essentially just uh, just practice my craft, honing my craft all the time. Practice, practice, practice.
2: It's quite a decision, isn't it, I suppose, to become an artist. Did you always imagine that this is what you would do? I mean, did you study fine art at uni, which again in itself is already quite
3: It does. And yes, uh, I guess in a way I I did always want to do this and I did do um, a fine art degree, but um, I have to admit, I didn't really learn a lot about painting while I was there Um, because Mm -hmm. at that time it was, the emphasis wasn't really on the craft of painting or drawing. It was very much kind of more of a contemporary installation video and photography were really like the driving forces then so yeah I did do a fine art degree but I left thinking you know painting isn't for me and I'd have to you know one of these days I'm gonna to have to get serious and get a proper job which is something you mm-hmm. get told but um, but I actually went into photography I really like photography I still wanted to do something creative so I actually had um, nearly 20 years as a professional photographer. And I got to the point where I realized I've got this itch that I need to scratch. You know, I desperately wanted to get back into painting. So about four years ago, I kind of said that, you know, enough's enough. I've done well with the photography. The business has probably gone as far as I can take it. Let's let's do this. Let's do what I really want to do. And looking back now, if I'd known how much I didn't know, about painting, I probably wouldn't have done it. But just (laughs) through pure passion um, and drive, I've kind of given myself the, I mean, I only realised this recently, I've given myself the education I should have got when I'd gone to fine art college, if I'd had the strength of character to actually do what I wanted, which was painting.
2: How did that Um, not happen then? How how was there this focus on, you know, installations and
3: no, it wasn't a particularly good university or a particularly good course. There wasn't a painter, uh, a tutor that was a painter.
2: Right. There was, so it's uh, guided sculpture. by who's there really?
3: Uh, but more so by my peers, by the by the other students. Oh, you right. know, there was very few people that went in, went there who actually had solid drawing skills. And you know, really, my strength is drawing skills. I've always been able to draw from a young age, and that's something I find particularly easy. But it's something you have to. Again, practice and practice and hone, mm. um, like any like any craft or any skill. But um, when I'm painting, I'm basically paint, drawing, but with paints. So, mm-hmm. and also, I you know, I was young, you know, you just get carried a lo- along with everybody else around you, don't you? You want to kind of fit in. Whereas, I think what I should have done, or perhaps would have done if I went back to college now, is I would just be concentrating on learning to paint in the kind of traditional methods the kind of thing that you get taught if you go to any of the academic schools or ateliers in in um Italy or somewhere that's got the tradition of of the arts, you know, that's what I'm really passionate about. Mm. I've essentially given myself an education from the very beginning. So when I did start painting four years ago, I quickly realized that I can't actually, I don't really actually know how to paint something. So I mean, I can't tell you how much I've learned in the last four years, I really want to scribble this all down in some kind of format. So other 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 amateur artists or anyone who wants to paint can learn from what I've learned. But bit by bit, I've kind of found a a, a nugget of information or a kind of some guidance here and there. I've kind of learned bits and pieces, picked up bits and pieces from YouTube videos or reading books or from actual practice or from just persevering, persevering, being self-critical.
2: Sounds like the perfect uh, um, lockdown project.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, funnily
2: enough,
3: enough, I think it's, I think people who are in lockdown, a lot of people seem to be reaching out in one way or another. And I have created some videos recently, which I've uploaded, which is basically me filming what I'm getting up to in my studio. So I'm putting together a series of videos which i take a painting from the very beginning right through to a finished piece it's like four episodes at the moment Mm, which i'm doing purely just to show people what i'm doing how i do it and i've got a camera set up on the palette so they can see what i'm Mm -hmm. mixing you're obviously feeling
2: like you need to enlighten people and if only someone had done that for you kind of thing (laughs) is that where the inspiration came from i think
3: to be honest with you that's that's a lot to do with it you know Mm -hmm. um if someone could benefit because from what i've learned that'd be great i mean I, i my life's totally changed in the last four or five years or i've i feel i've changed i'm doing something i'm so passionate about mentally i find it so rewarding to be Sat concentrating on something so focused on one thing, the whole world just disappears, you know, when I'm Mm. painting and it's very, very good for you.
2: It's like your own meditation, really. I
3: think it is. Just doing something
2: that you love that doesn't feel like work. It's, It's not work, is it?
3: well it is I mean it it, it, it is, is work is. <laughs> it's hard work I tell you it's really hard work I work incredibly hard <laughs>
2: yeah I didn't mean to belittle but it no 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 if you...
3: you know I'm quite often up at um half four or five in the morning because I'm working on some paintings I just can't wait to get at it mm. I can get you're not moonlighting
2: as a milkman or anything then no
3: <laughs> but I can get some work done before the kids get up that's the only thing with being in lockdown is I yeah. do find um I'm, I'm, I need to have um uninterrupted exactly yeah mm. i find i lose the flow you know if i if someone comes in and I'm, and I'm i'm on it and i'm in the moment i just just lose it
2: yeah like anyone any any creative mind i suppose you yeah you need that space yeah
0: and you you mentioned the kids you've got a young family um mm. how difficult was that decision four years ago it,
3: was hard and it continues to be a difficult thing to do. I mean, it's not an easy life for sure, but you know, financially, I would say it was a very difficult decision to make just because you've got to believe that it's going to work and you're going to be successful and you're going to sell paintings, which is quite a hard thing to do. But I would say, I'm you know, it might sound a little bit silly, but I feel richer now than I was before. Because I feel I'm, you know, I'm when I'm working, when I'm painting, I feel this is what I should be doing. I feel so much like myself. And it's not just the actual painting. It's the stretching the canvases and the buying the paint and cleaning of the brushes and just the concepts to the paintings that I'm working on and, you know, trying to find my own voice in what I'm doing. It just makes you feel, I don't know, it's just great. You know, I I wake up feeling I'm doing what I should be doing with my life and um, you know generally for a long time that wasn't the case I don't think I'm you know if I look back all the jobs and everything that I've always done in the past I think I'm one of those people that I have to be content in what I'm doing I get really down if I'm if I know I'm doing something that's just not you know it's just not right for me I just I, I just find it I found it really difficult to deal with in the past and I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to it, but it takes a particular
0: character or some bravery, is probably the right word to make that change, to make that decision. It's not easy, especially when you do have people reliant on you.
3: Yeah, well, I must say at this point, I've got a very um, supportive wife, and she's always encouraged me in everything I've done since we met. And uh, you no know, she continues to do that. And um, yeah, I. Yeah, I should have mentioned her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> She'll appreciate that little mention, enough.
3: that little shout out there. But no, she's, we're we're a team, you know, and we you know that that helps a lot.
2: Is she an draw. artist as well, or I
3: no, know, not at all. No, you know, completely different.
2: Probably just as well.
3: She's like Molly was saying earlier. it's not a creative bone in her body. That's not true. She can't draw. She can create. She's actually been making lots of um, lots of face masks and sending those out to some of the uh, old people's homes and our relatives and things like that. So she's pretty good with the sewing machine mm. two artists in one house i think that might be a bit much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'd
2: need a bigger house and a bigger studio another
3: garage yeah yeah <laughs> i must say that garage you know all last year i was cursing that place because you know i need uh, especially for these big paintings i need to be able to step right back and have a look and you can't do that in there and you know? i'm because I make all my own frames as well I make my frames the old fashioned way using gesso and gilding and bowl and I really take care in creating everything myself so the finished piece is a, a an original painting and it's got a handmade frame on it but I was mm. cursing that place I've got so much stuff in there but you know it's kind of turned on its head now because if I if I couldn't if I didn't have that space there I would really be pulling my hair out at the moment mm. so since you've started Nick you've yep. exhibited
0: all over the place, in London, local galleries. What's been the proudest moment for you? Um, you say this has been driven by passion.
3: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, I've had quite a lot of success in a short period of time, which has been great. But um, I did exhibit with the Royal um, Institute of Oil Painters last year, which was a huge thing for me from going from you know ground zero and then actually having two paintings accepted into their open exhibition. So my work was hanging, you know, next to and alongside some of those painters that I'd really looked up to and really inspired by and, you know, kind of household names um, you might recognise. So that that was that was great to get the recognition, to know that I'm on the right path and that what I think is a good painting, other people obviously enjoying as well. So. That was a, a real, um, you know, I gave myself a pat on the back for that. It's like stepping stones towards where I want to eventually end up. So that was that was great. That was really good.
0: And that takes us nicely on to where do you want to end up? What is the
3: what is the plan? The major plan, the number one goal. Take modern. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, um, no, I, I really, I, I would actually. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Um, I would love to have, uh, you know, um, to be able to do this full time, make a very good living, have a beautiful studio um, and just carry on painting. Really, if I could just paint and have, you know, an agent sort everything else out and kind of just work on my own work, that would be, you know, I don't think I could really ask for much more than that to be honest with you. It would be um, wonderful to, you know, share my knowledge with others, um, help the younger children. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about right this moment. Hold on, bear with me. <laughs> 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 yeah, you threw me a bit there. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite um, a modest guy, really. If I could just do this forever, what I'm, my life right now is pretty cushy, to be honest with you. You know, I've got a beautiful family. A nice place, you know. I've got Uma, my camper van, you know. I don't need anything flash or anything like that. I'm really just thinking about the kids. I've got two kids here, I'd like to set up well. But if I could do what I'm doing now, you know the rest of my days that would be pretty special you know i do absolutely love what i'm doing it's just as an artist you know i do want to keep developing i want to become better and better and hone my craft and you know if the more successful you become the more of a voice you have so i mean i'd like to put more of my experiences and my opinions into my work like all the great artists do do um but i would i would really love to have a beautiful huge studio where i could have you know a dozen absolutely mammoth paintings on the go and be able to see them all and just lots of light and drink lots of red wine and go for a long walk <laughs> and paint <laughs> what more could you want sounds pretty good to me yeah
2: sounds pretty good yeah I'd quite like to do that and I'm not um, I'm not an artist but it just sounds like quite a cool place to hang out
3: <laughs> I'd have people come over actually I would like I mean I, I would what would be really nice if I could have some kind of atelier it would be nice to have a school so mm. you know somewhere I can work but also somewhere we you can have hold lessons and do work you know a buzzing creative community I do feel quite strongly about the um the education of the arts, you know, I've had limited experience working in schools, but I do find there's, there seems to be something missing in terms of actually teaching the craft, something as simple as drawing or painting or oil painting. You know, I can understand that, you know, that might be a e- slightly expensive medium to use, but, you know, in comparison to the funding that maths and English and sciences get, I would argue, and I'm biased, obviously, obviously, that creative thinking, creativity is as important, if not more, and it just seems to be like an art lesson is is kind of dos time for a lot of kids, and it really shouldn't be like that. And I, you know, I feel quite passionately about that. I do want to get involved with teaching I don't want to be a teacher I have to say because I've got two kids and that's enough but um, I do feel that there's a lot of art teaching done by teachers who aren't who aren't art teachers for one reason or another you know they might be specializing in, in something else and you know there's 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 a real disconnect I feel there with, with young people. Do you, think,
2: do you think that as a result a lot of talent just remains under the radar then and people obviously aren't students aren't brought you know to their their talents aren't don't come into realization
3: because oh absolutely well I, I would say so I mean I limited the experience that I've had but you know I would say it's true that um, creativity isn't necessarily encouraged in school I don't think it has been for a long time I um, but they're... I was going
2: to say do you, are your kids any good oh are yeah you, yeah yeah it, are you one no, of they're really pretty awesome better?
3: actually um oh, really? they're both entering pieces into the royal Ac- you know the royal academy is doing fact, they're good at all subjects i'm very lucky but they're very creative as well but i've i've given them lessons my wife and i have always encouraged them from really young age especially the drawing and the painting you know i thought that's my area really i need to instill that in them so they're both really good painters but they're equally good at um they're quite good at dress making and things like that the oldest one definitely and It's beautiful Mm. to teach your kids to paint and draw as soon as they can. Even if it's, you know, even when they were toddlers, it was, you know, finger painting and hand painting to do that with them. So
1: it seems that arts seem to be the one subject that everyone is keen to suddenly teach or homeschool or use to kind of get through this time. Um, There's such massive emphasis on it. Whereas when we're all in school or when children are all in school, it's not so much but when parents are homeschooling and you know the different the kind of coping mechanisms with what we're going through a lot of it is art it's music it's it's drawing colouring drama it's, it's those kind of topics it's not maths and english which obviously are important but
3: I was going to say so. it may be because people have the time the opportunity to do all these things that they they've Mm -hmm. wanted to do for so long. I mean, there's, there's, um, and also I think a lot of people are sharing their skills. So, you know, I've got a good friend who's playing the, playing his guitar every day. He's doing little kind of taking requests from people. Um, I've seen another guy playing the piano and I certainly know a lot of artists out there like myself that have done a little demonstration or something, just putting it online giving people something to do, try something new, which is... Insane. Back
0: to the, the here and now, and you're, um, as well as meeting yourself, Nick, and listeners, meet mm-hmm. yourself, is this, or last weekend and this weekend, you were due to exhibit your latest collection at the Yarrow Gallery, I believe. Yep. Is
2: that correct? Yep. Yarrow um, Gallery
0: in Aundel. You've had to somewhat uh, change that, and, and like so many others, uh, adapting, um, and you're now doing that exhibition from your home.
3: Yeah instead of just cancelling the whole thing. I think all I could do really is to hang the work here at home, which actually I did do a home exhibition in November of last year. So we've already kind of done it once. So that just seemed to be the sensible thing to do. And what I've also done is created a video like a walkthrough and uh, just to show all the paintings that are available and speak a little bit about how each one came about so that's available on my Facebook page as well Nick Grove Artist.
0: I mean I think that's interesting from what you said before regarding your passion about not just that being the artist um, and your paintings but sharing that education and that knowledge with others as well.
3: Yeah it's important to I think to share share what I've, I've learned you know I, by, by no means do I know everything I've got so much to learn so much more to learn but I do meet other artists all the time who um, are out there and um, I pick up bits from them and they pick up bits for me and we all help each other try and improve and it's, it's really nice to what's really nice is when visitors to the exhibition talk to me about their work and they talk about my work and kind of we share approaches to how we go about our work and um, it's always refreshing to speak to another artist. I mean it is it's quite common for an artist to do a demonstration at an exhibition anyway just because you've got lots of visitors obviously artists and collectors who are generally interested in how you kind of achieve what you, you know how you create the paintings your way so um, and it's not something I've really done before. So, so it was a first um, attempt for me. But it's always really good to speak to other artists because there's not that many of us about and we tend to live these kind of solitary lives. So it's, it's always great to meet other artists and talk about your work. You might want to talk about some areas of your work that you're not really sure about or you're struggling with this, that and the other. And it's always good to have... Somebody else who's also, you know, dedicated to their work to um, kind of bounce bounce ideas off and um, share experiences and things. So I think watching someone else create a painting is possibly the very best way to learn as well. So demonstrations are, um, you know, I've always found them really rewarding in the past. So um, it's good to, um, yeah, share, share the... Um, share the knowledge with whoever's interested.
2: Could I just ask, could you imagine yourself ever doing something like, you know, the portrait artist program where Stephen Mangan or whatever walks around and you're painting in front of all those people with like, you know, you're painting a, it just, it's so impressive to watch people at work mm. like that, you know, is it, can you imagine actually doing that and being under that pressure?
3: Well, actually, I did actually, I did actually, I did actually um, compete in. Um, it wasn't the portrait one. I would like to do the portrait one, but I competed in the Landscape Artist of the Year two thousand and seventeen, and I didn't get into one of the pods, but I was one of the wildcards in that, and actually won my wildcard heat, so I did have a chance of getting into the semi final. But the portrait one, in particular that must be quite hard because four hours for a portrait, you know, that's, that's pretty hard going. You know, mm. that would be, that's quite a test. I mean, I, I usually paint, I usually do an hour or an hour and a half and then have a break because I find it so mentally draining that mm. after about an hour and a half, I need a break anyway. Yeah, yeah, I do like those programs. They're fun. They're mm. fun. They're entertaining. You know, I certainly, yeah. I watch them sometimes. I'm oh my God. I shouldn't be on this program. Why is she <laughs> yeah. using pink? Or why is she doing that? I've, you know, I've no, you know. But that's the there beauty There are some of shockers
2: it. on there, but there are, there are, are, are. some. You just think, wow, how on earth did you do that?
3: I do, I do <laughs> admire the um, the host How they always find something positive to say about the paintings. <laughs> they're really, they're really good at that. But um, yeah, it's a.
2: Fun yeah, I'm program. with you. I think I'd struggled. <laughs> If I didn't like it. Then...
0: Your exhibition, it's oil paintings of Aldor and the surrounding villages and a bit of Norfolk coastline. Yep. I will encourage everyone to go and have a look because you're clearly extremely modest. The paintings are <laughs> amazing. Um, so I'd encourage everyone to go and go and have a look. Where can people see the exhibition?
3: So if you go to Facebook, Go to nickgrove.com. That's my website. And currently on the website, within the gallery, the paintings in there are all the paintings that are exhibited at the that would have been exhibited at the Yarrow Gallery. Now the home gallery. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. So website, Instagram, and Facebook. The videos are also on YouTube, which is also Nick Grove artist as well. Though so they're also on Facebook. And on IGTV I've uploaded some kind of shorter versions as well. There's all kinds of um, videos on there. um, Demos, the exhibition itself and some paintings that I've been working on since in lockdown as well from my, my home studio.
0: In the text of the podcast, they'll all be in there and we'll okay. drop the social media posts out as well, just um, for people to find them. Do you have, appreciate that a lot of people have plans for the rest of the year um, and are changing. Do you have any other plans for the rest of the year in terms of follow on exhibitions for people to look out for?
3: Yes, I've got an exhibition coming up on the 22nd of July at Stamford Art Centre. It's called Reflections. It is reflecting on my the last four years of my work. It'd be lots of Stanford paintings, lots from surrounding area, Rutland Water, for example. Um, also lots from North Norfolk, anything from Old Hunstanton round to Cromer. Um, painted in lots and lots of locations up there. And it's all the same kind of thing. I'm trying to capture light early in the morning, late at night, lots of reflections in the paintings themselves, trying to test myself, trying to capture tone and colour and beautiful, beautiful paintings. So that may well be going ahead. I presume it's not going to. So that will be another format where we'll have that online and we'll do another video And we'll improve on everything we've done for this, this exhibition, but um, I hope people can uh, view those works and later in the year, um, who knows, I did have a project um, based in London, which I was just about to kick off with before lockdown, so hopefully I can pick that up before too long as well.
0: And then you also do as well
3: uh, some portraits. Yeah, I was um, I was quite a successful year last year, and I got into the Royal Society of Portrait Painters Exhibition as well. Um, portraits isn't something I've I've done a lot of in the past, but it's something I'm genuinely really excited about because portraiture is a whole new level. It's very 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 hard to capture the um, physical physicality of a person and their you know the inner in a oh. person as well the kind of the characters and everything so that's a real test of my craft and my draftsmanship and um, i was really made up to get my painting in you know up on those walls with all those wonderful artists, portrait artists, um, very hard thing to do so I was really pleased with that and um, towards the end of last year I spent three months at Aundel School as artist in residence for a second time which has not happened before and I just worked on portraits then. Lots of self-portraits just because I'm always available for that but um, (laughs) which is you know practically right now that's an issue so be plenty more self-portraits over the next few weeks but um I find that fascinating and um yeah that's a real test of my abilities as well so I do like to keep challenging myself I do feel I'm improving all the time but uh, as I said I've got a long way to go. You offer those out
0: obviously to people as well
3: so if people want
0: to uh, are interested in having a, a portrait um, just uh, visit uh, your website and contact you through there.
3: Yeah, that would be wonderful. Take commissions on there. So usually um, what what I would usually do is actually go and visit the sitter and spend some time together and do several kind of sketches to work up to a portrait. But yeah, by all means, uh, commissions are available. They do take quite a bit of time, the portraits as well. It's not like uh, I can paint it in an hour or two hours like a lot of these plein air paintings. It's many, many hours of hard work, but um, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, go and, um, certainly go and check it out.
0: I appreciate there's been a lot of people who've been asked to raise money for charity or how, uh, who have raised money for charity doing different things. Um, I just wanted to mention someone who is doing something a little bit different at the minute. And Nick, I'm sure you're no different but the three of us, quite like cake. And yeah, like so- cake. Everyone loves cake. So um, at the minute, if you search on it's just giving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash, forward slash JoJo's Bake Raffle, raising money to the NHS, amazing, but you basically enter a raffle, win some cake. Okay. Yes. Win-win, money to the NHS and potentially win cake.
3: Love I it. I mean,
1: marvellous. Some,
0: some of that. It does take us neatly onto many of our restaurants are still open and operational to some extent, many offering takeaways and collection services. So we said we would collate a list of what is available for people who aren't aware? Thank you to everyone who either in the Stanford podcast page or through Pretty Little Stanford sent in their what they've had and their recommendations. We had a lot, so purely in list form, and people will need to go and have a look in terms of times because some places are only open on weekends, some places are just Stanford, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You kind of need to go and find that out yourself, but in terms of a list, we have one.
1: Yeah, so we had. A lot of um, response to this, which was really nice to see that everyone's still supporting local. Um, so, this is just a massive long list, but we'll just go through them. So, Zorba and Stamford are uh, going strong. Got Orbis and Oakham are doing a delivery and collection service. Model Fish Bar and Riverside in Stamford are still doing fish and chip. Hoppy Dory, I think some of us have sampled some of that as well. Out in Uffington, the Bertie Arms are still working hard. Got Cloisters in Stamford. Um, Knife, Fork and Spooner doing stuff. And then Cakes and Co starting up a delivery, I think, and a takeaway service from the 9th of May. They're doing some of their savoury menu as well, which is good. And then a few more. So on that, on that vine, Scandamania, are still doing cake delivery, um which is very well appreciated.
2: I, I ordered one of those at the weekend for my mum's birthday and it was amazing. Yeah,
1: I had one delivered for my birthday from some friends and it was just amazing and yeah. it was really lovely. And they do um, they
2: deliver to you. I mean the ladies based in Teeton I think but yeah. um Will drive and deliver to you. yeah. Julia's, yeah. My mum's my birthday cake actually appeared on their Instagram account, it was awesome.
1: That's so nice, yeah. Thanks, mania. So they're, <laughs> they're still going strong. Um, there are a few more uh, restaurants. We've got Zada in town doing some Turkish food, Bombay Cottage are open, uh, the Chinese on Cambridge Road in Stamford is still open, street food station. Uh, and Aloha as well, all doing food. And then the last one I've got on the list is the Copper Room, who obviously don't do food but are doing a drinks and cocktails delivery service, which you know could go alongside your food. So I think it's just amazing that so many people are still doing that. it Just gives you some options.
0: Yeah, and the Jolly Brewer for drinks as well. My mates have been all over that. So yeah, if people can, and I get that some people won't want to, but for those that can, these businesses have gone well outside their comfort zone to quickly adapt and the share about you know, how it, it is challenging but the necessity, necessity to adapt so yeah if people can support these these businesses it, it really is appreciated and I've not used all of them but I've used a good selection of those you know, it, it is in their interest to get this right from a health and safety as much as anything else as, as it is for us they've absolutely nailed it if you can support them please do so I think for this week uh, that's a place to end it. Nick, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: It is, a, it is appreciated. Um, yeah, please go and check out uh, Nick's website and his exhibition and we'll certainly love to have you back, hopefully in person with a glass of uh, red wine in the Toby Norris later okay. in the year. That sounds but, uh,
3: Lovely. Thank you guys. Thanks everybody. Bye.
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
2: That's a quick goodbye from Ruby.